Hello, and welcome back to the Connect You podcast, where we talk about health, life, and feelings to connect to a better you. In this episode, we're going to talk about giving up for change. Exactly what does that mean, Ty? So we're talking about things in your life or in your lifestyle that you're maybe giving up or thinking about giving up in order to change, and likely a change for the better. So things you're getting rid of to improve yourself. Yeah, so I guess the first question is, do you always have to give something up for change to occur? I think so. There's not a whole lot of situations where you get something for nothing. And in your life, say it's a weight loss situation, there's probably some calories you're going to have to give up so that you can lose some calories in the form of fat off your body. That's pretty much just the way it works. But we're going to talk a little bit about how to give things up, what's easy to give up, what's hard to give up, how to kind of go about that. Yeah, so... Basically, making a choice between pain or struggles you can live with. So from Ty's example that he gave with the losing weight, so pain of being overweight or pain of feeling hungry for a few weeks to months. And a lot of times you can equate that to different changes that you are about to make in your life. And I think it's more for a bigger change at least. Some of those smaller things, you might not have to give up something that exactly equates to what you previously had. Right, yeah, there are going to be some situations in your life, generally with those minor changes where, you know, maybe you're moving from one part of town to another and there's change, but it's not a huge big shift or anything like that. So what we're talking about is kind of big lifestyle changes. So maybe a change in employment or a change in lifestyle, fitness level, health, those sort of things. So one thing that you kind of have to ask yourself is what are you willing to give up to change? So that might be sweet and sugary foods or just general kind of junk food. Might be you have to take a hit on your ego or your pride. You might need to give up your time or sometimes security in the form of like job security or wage security. And sometimes it's gonna be a combination of those things. Yeah, and I think something else that you can add in there might be relationships as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't always have to be equal though. So small pain for large overtime gain is not always gonna happen. And a lot of times I think in this, we have to have a mindset of what small and large is. So in regards to time, if you're working on a new business, like let's say you're not happy at your current career, you wanna switch to something else, you might have to start over. So if you're going self-employed, then doing something that you enjoy, although it might take more time, so two, three years, compared to the rest of your life though, for us, let's say, live to 100. Yeah, so another 70-ish years. Yeah. That was less than I thought it was going to be. I was going to say 80. No, sorry. Yeah, so that's still a lot of time, though, that we have in regards to the rest of our life in order to build something that we're going to feel happy going to every single day, something we feel successful at, and something that we might actually be able to do with less effort for longer than a previous career that you, me, or anybody was in. Yeah, exactly. So kind of what you're saying is that maybe two, three years at the front end of things is worth giving up in order to have 25, 30 years of a career you enjoy rather than just working at 35, 40 years of a career that you can't stand. Yeah, exactly. And putting that mindset to pretty much everything. So something that I learned previously in regards to thinking about time this way was 
to plot out how many ever days or years, let's say years, I have left that I think, and let's put it at 70. So two years of my time on that chart, and visually, I'm able to see exactly what that looks like. In two years from 70, visually, it's a no-brainer to be able to just say, yeah, I'm okay working my butt off for two years to have 68 other years that I'm happier at. Yeah, I mean, it works out to less than 3%. So it's a pretty small sacrifice in terms of a richer overall life and having that sense of accomplishment with something that you've built and a career that fulfills you as opposed to just kind of punching your time clock every day and doing whatever. I am a big proponent of incremental change. So that's one thing that I really like because you don't have to give up a lot on a day-to-day -day basis and you don't get back a lot on a day-to-day -day basis, but over time that does expand into the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. So an easy example is just a little bit of exercise a day, going for a 30 minute walk, that sort of thing. That is something that doesn't take a whole lot of time, doesn't take a whole lot of effort, and doesn't give you back a whole lot. You're not gonna be ripped in a month after going for a 30 minute walk every day, but Overall, the lifelong impact on your health is very good and on your fitness levels as well. So it's something that you give a little bit, you get a little bit back, but over time that little bit turns into quite a lot. Yeah, and I guess that's another good way of visualizing that is what are the small things that you're doing day after day after day in order to reach whatever goal that is. So if you're wanting to lose weight, do you have a timeline? I hope so. What is that timeline? Did you set it six months? Did you set it a year? And what are the activities that you're gonna be doing day after day? So maybe in that first week, all you're looking to do is take out one processed food or ultra processed food from your diet. And then week two, your looking at increasing the amount of water that you're drinking and then week three trying to increase the quality sleep that you're having and then week four maybe that's when you introduce exercise and then continually building up small habits week after week after week and then taking your time in order to after i'd say three months you're probably at a point where you're eating really good you're exercising probably every day whether it's strength training going for walks and after a year of time and patience because that's what this requires a lot of is patience you're gonna have probably the body that you're looking for or at least a lot closer than what you start yeah absolutely one thing i always tell myself if i'm out for a run and it's just going really poorly is any run no matter how bad it is no matter how early you cut it short whatever it's better than sitting on the couch so like i said i'm a big fan of that incremental change especially because that way it doesn't feel like you have to give up a lot to kind of get that gain. It's maybe just a little bit of time, or like you said, cutting one thing out of your diet. I used to really love snacking on cheese and crackers, just a sleeve of crackers and a block of cheese. And it was one of those ones that really got away from me. I would be going through, you know, a sleeve or two of soda crackers in a night, which you really don't want to look at the calories on those. It's awful. And I mean, cheese is basically just cookie fat of delicious. And anyway, it was something that I ate it more out of habit than out of really enjoying it. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm the only one in the house who eats crackers and cheese. We can generally just cut that out of our grocery buying in the month. And if it isn't in the house, I wasn't eating it. And yeah, 
for an overall kind of positive benefit. It was a small thing I gave up that was saving me a ton of calories on a daily basis. I was probably choking down, you know, like 350, 500 calories of cheese and crackers every day and usually late at night. So it was a good one to kind of give up for my overall health and something that honestly I really didn't feel as far as a big sacrifice. Instead, we just buy a little bit more fruit in the house and I have an apple at night or something and it's just as good so yeah yeah so i think replacing crunch with crunch yeah that if was, you're having an apple that was pretty much how it went yeah it's like did i even taste the crackers there's 90 crackers in a sleeve of crackers after 90 there's no way i was tasting them i was just shoving them down there so yeah a good one to give up the other thing we had mentioned is giving up time and security so as we've talked about before both marcus and i are self-employed and that's one of those ones where you're really giving up a lot of time and a lot of security to be self-employed. But hopefully for an overall kind of long-term lifelong benefit. I really didn't enjoy working for someone else and having someone else profit on my work and my creativity and my drive. So that's one of the reasons I was really a lot more satisfied and fulfilled working for myself. One of those trade-offs though is that when you're working for yourself, it's never a 40-hour work week. And when you're working for yourself in a small business, like there's usually not benefits. There's usually always kind of that hanging over you. Am I going to get paid this month? That sort of thing. When you're having to look after making payroll for your staff and paying your suppliers and all those things, paying yourself kind of goes to the bottom. So there is always that kind of fear and that concern that that's not going to happen. But overall, I've been self-employed for seven years now. So it's something that obviously I've felt has been worthwhile. Otherwise, I could have just, you know, went back and worked at another company doing whatever I was doing before. So I found a really good quote that summed up a lot of how I feel about that. And it's by a guy named John Foley. And the quote is, risk is the tariff paid to leave the shore of predictable misery. It's pretty wordy. Basically what it comes down to is that risk of maybe you're going to fail is what you pay and what you trade so that you don't have to go to the same job every day for 40 years working for someone else with no upward mobility, just kind of punching the time clock. So yeah, that's how I feel about that one. Yeah, and I think a lot of the stuff that we talk about goes back to being happier. And that's, to me, how you connect to yourself. That's how you connect to others. But with this especially, you got to find what makes you happy. So if you're going to be happier struggling for two, three years in a job that you're actually proud of and that you want to do and that maybe you lose some sleep on or maybe you don't go to certain activities that you normally go to because you're working on this. And as you said, it's not a 40-hour week. It could be 60, 70, 80. Yeah, I've had all of those. <laughs> and I have too where I've spent weeks in regards to getting stuff prepped for clients and even just stuff for my website and articles. And all of that stuff takes up time and even takes up time to try and figure out what that next step is. Because even if you're not actively working on something, you're normally thinking of what you can work on to make something better in order to help yourself as a business, but also to how can I help my clients understand something. Right, right. 
So being happy is such a big thing. And if you're happy, for me previously talking about a job, I had been in the same work for 10 years in the banking industry and going from place to place. So I moved small town to small town, came to the city, and then had different roles at all of those places and never actually felt like I found exactly what I should be doing. And that's probably a reason why I would look for something else. And thankfully, sometimes in bigger company, you have the opportunity to go into different roles to see if something will stick and to see if you'll be feeling fulfilled in something in whatever it is. So whether that's like in branch or in corporate or human resources or wherever. And you have those opportunities where you can do that kind of stuff. The downside sometimes is that maybe that isn't actually what you need to be doing. And it can be super scary, which is also a trade-off. Talking about security is you're trading something that you go to every single day and you're able to go there. You get paid consistent moving on to something where you might not get paid, as yeah. you mentioned, yep. and you have to work that much harder to try and make that happen. And then what you figure out is, although those things are terrifying, the process to get there and the things that you need to do are actually a lot of fun because... For me, my area is in regards to fitness, and that's a lot of fun. We're in my basement right now, and there's just fitness equipment everywhere. And I had a client that worked out today here, and it's a lot of fun to be able to do that type of stuff, to talk to them and see what's going on in their life and what they have going on later on. I mentioned he's going to be possibly moving to... An area where, yes, there's a gym, but he asked if I can make him a new program and so that he can stick with it and if I need to make adjustments on nutrition or anything like that. But talking about that stuff and being very involved in clients' lives on a topic that I feel very comfortable in talking about. Yeah, for sure. So what are some situations where you need to give up your ego or your pride in order to change? In the beginning, writing like articles and discussing topics for nutrition and fitness and anything health-related, basically. Because there's always a bit of that ego and that pride especially when you're getting into something new that you knew a topic beforehand super well and then you're going into something where you know but you've never actually discussed in depth with anybody about so then when you actually have to go and do that kind of thing your ego and your pride can get in the way from you actually producing the content and then sharing that content and then in regards to any type of strength training nutrition same kind of thing ego and pride can play a big part where you hear so much in social media and on the radio and things like that in regards to health wellness any of those topics and you can sometimes think that that you know exactly what you need, that might not be the case. So maybe you do need to do a bit more research or maybe you need to talk to somebody, an expert field, instead of just going based off previous knowledge that had. So I think getting over that ego and that pride that can just help you move forward faster. Right, so that's a situation where maybe you decide you don't have all the answers, you don't know all the information, you need a mentor or you need a trainer and it's time to admit that you don't know everything, let a professional handle it, let someone help you out. 
kind of guide you along for the exchange of the benefits of going about safely and actually having some progress and those type of things. Yeah, because I don't think anybody wants to look like a fool or be judged right in anything in life. And then when it comes to business stuff, I talk to you about business stuff and I still do every so often if I come up on something but that was a big pride and ego thing that played into that because I knew I didn't have all the answers. I knew you definitely had more answers than I did and could help me and I had to accept that in order to get the answers that I needed I had to approach you in regards to this business idea that I had and even if you laughed at me I still needed to ask in order to get the answers that I needed to move forward faster than if I just tried to do it myself right yeah I think there's sometimes kind of like an ingrained sense that we need to trial and error our way through things instead of relying on the knowledge of people who have already done it and already made those mistakes mistakes are great you can learn from them that sort of thing but not everyone needs to reinvent the wheel and not everyone needs to make the same mistakes as everyone over and over because sometimes they can be really detrimental and yeah like you said Maybe something that should only take six months is now taking a year and a half or two years because you made all the same mistakes that someone else you know has made. It makes a lot more sense just to talk to someone who knows what they're doing or has been there before and just find out what you need to know, what you need to be doing, those type of things. And people love talking about topics that they know about. Yeah, absolutely. have been successful with. So for me, if anybody talks to me, about any health related topics i'll give the best answers that i can and it doesn't matter what the question is i'll answer it even if it's something where i hadn't thought about it since i was in the beginning of my training and nutrition and everything and even if it's topics that i don't personally agree with i still give the best answers that i can based off the information that i've researched that i've heard from other experts and I don't judge anybody in regards to that. I'm happy to answer any and all questions in regards to a topic that I love to talk about. And in regards to business, we've talked about this before. That's a topic that you like talking about. Yeah, I don't love the industry I'm in. It's whatever. It's more the fact that I enjoy entrepreneurship and all the kind of associated things with starting and running a business. That's what I enjoy. So whereas you're in the situation where fitness and health and nutrition is your passion, mine is kind of the the business end of things. So yeah, it's really easy for me to talk about that and give advice or just kind of share experiences and pitfalls that I've ran into and those type of things. One place I've been with, you know, giving up a little bit of ego and pride for an overall benefit was I just think back to, I don't know, I think everyone's probably had this conversation at some point during a relationship where there's always this kind of like unwritten rule that you're not really supposed to talk about money in a relationship, but realistically, sooner or later, if you're married to someone, you probably need to have that discussion where you talk about your assets and your bank accounts or your joint bank accounts, the monthly bills, all that kind of crap. And there's maybe some like, toxic masculinity sort of situations out there where you feel like oh you're the man in the relationship and you need to handle all that and the other half doesn't need to worry about it but 
it's one of those things that when you join forces on it, it makes it a whole lot easier. And it's just a brief giving up of a bit of ego and a bit of pride for a long-term benefit when everyone knows where you kind of stand as far as the finances go and that type of thing. And that's the same for sharing any duties in a relationship, whether it be household stuff or money stuff or whatever. Just being on the same page and putting your ego aside and kind of sharing that workload makes things way easier. Yeah, and I don't think we as males yep. need to always tough things out and yeah. <laughs> not show feelings. This podcast, in the very beginning, we say to help connect to your feelings. And if you're in a relationship, and whether that's you're married or you've been with somebody for multiple years and maybe you're thinking about getting married, I think it comes to a point where you have to have that discussion about the things where maybe it's not going to be an easy discussion to have. And I think it's also about reducing stress on your part and theirs as well, because there might be certain things that you want to talk about in regards to expenses that uh, you see happening. And having that conversation is never going to be easy, but it still needs to be had. Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably one of those conversations that the earlier, the better. If you're at a point where you're like, wow, we really should have had a conversation about money at some point by now. If you're thinking that now, you probably should have had it like months or years ago. And it's one of those ones too, that it's probably not going to be as bad as you think it is or as awkward or as weird. It's just good to get everyone on the same page and kind of teamwork your way through it. But yeah, you're definitely right. There's this weird male pride thing around looking after the household or whatever it is that you don't need help and you don't need to share. And it's like, oh no, don't you worry about it. So yeah, I think share that burden and kind of teamwork through it because I mean, that's what a relationship is, is it's a team. And the more often you can rely on both partners in the team to add strength, oh, it's way better. One thing you had talked about before on building habits, I just thought back to a podcast I had listened to or a video I had watched, and it was a guy talking about how he wakes up early, but it was on a series he was working on where he builds a new habit every month, every year. So at the end of 2019, he'll have learned 12 new habits that effectively make his life that much better. And the one I was watching in particular was how to wake up early because I'm awful at that. Spoiler alert, I don't wake up early even after watching the video, so that wasn't enough. Um, but I thought that was a really great idea. And he kind of goes through showing how sometimes it's that incremental change and sometimes it's a really small thing you're giving up to have that change. And especially when you look back at the end of the year and you have 12 new beneficial habits formed, I thought that was really huge because that's just a bunch of small changes over the course of months and a year. And you're already at the end of that year having 12 brand new beneficial habits. Well, in, in regards to waking up earlier, as you're talking about, I feel a lot of people say, oh, I want to get up earlier. And then they set their alarm for two hours or three hours earlier than what it normally is. And they try to do that. The snooze button. Yeah, for sure. So this goes to the incremental part where set your alarm for 10 minutes earlier and in 30 days, pretty sure you're going to hit where you want to hit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if yeah, the goal is to wake up two hours earlier, that's what 120 minutes over 30 days. That's like four minutes a day. That's an easy change. At this point, I've just decided I don't want to get up earlier. I'm going to stop planning for it. I'm just happy with waking up when I wake up and that's how it's going to be. 
But if you want to wake up earlier, just, yeah, you know, four minutes a day, five, ten minutes a day, you'll get there in short order. I don't even set an alarm anymore. Oh, you just, like, wake up with the chipmunks and the squirrels and roosters at dawn? Or... Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, good yeah. for you. <laughs> and it's never unreasonable time that I'm waking up, so I think my time being at a job that was very consistent when I needed to wake up helps with that, because that's where you build your habit from, is yeah. you have to get there at a certain time, so you have to get up at a certain time. So then you set your alarm for that. Now I just don't even set my alarm and I still wake up at that point. And I'm trying to fix that because (laughs) I want to sleep a little longer. That's a good point, actually. Talking about that consistency, I've definitely gotten to the point where seven days a week my alarm is going off at the same time because it didn't make a whole lot of sense for me to try and sleep in on weekends. But then it turned out that I was waking up at the same time anyway. So now it's just... Set for the same time, seven days a week. I don't worry about sleep-in days. I don't worry about wake-up-early days. It's all just roughly the same. And I don't know if that's what not. I'm here, so I obviously woke up today. Something that I thought about that I wanted to bring up was when you're a kid, you don't think about the struggles that are about to happen. You just think about that place you're at right now and the change that you want to make. And you almost just get to work on whatever that change yeah yeah that's very true i feel like the older you are the more scary things can get so the bigger the struggles actually seem it might almost be that you let that get in the way too much instead of just going for whatever you want yeah and we've talked about that before where you think something's going to be a lot worse than it is and it holds you back or you get that analysis paralysis So I definitely think those are valid things to work on overcoming because a lot of the time you're building it up way bigger in your head than it actually needs to be. Yeah, and I think adopting that mindset of when you were a kid, you could have went through some big struggles. Something that I went through and I talked about in a recent article was learning how to skate. Right. It might not seem huge, but at that time, I couldn't skate at all. My brother's really good at hockey, and my friend who I was at the arena with at that point and I went skating with was skating circles around, and I knew I wanted to get better, and I don't remember exactly how I did or anything like that. Probably lots of practice, going to hockey camps, playing hockey, and there was a lot of work that I had actually put into that, but I know exactly how I felt the day that I made that decision that I need to get better. Right. And it's funny how something that long ago sticks with you over time. And yeah, you can't remember the exact process of how you got better or how you got through that struggle. You know exactly how you feel though when you were going through that and when you said, okay, enough's enough. Right. A good example of that is my daughter just learned how to ride a bike this summer and it literally took two days after school and she had it nailed. And that's something that if I was going to learn how to ride a bike again right now, I would plan like, okay, well, it'll probably take me a month and, you know, I'll work on it every day and that sort of thing. And I would just way overthink it. But she was like, hey, I want to make sure I can ride a bike before the end of school. And it was like, awesome, air in the tires. And we had like two days of her trying and now she's just like rolling away, doing great. So yeah, I think that if you approach it a little bit more like a kid and just focus on your goal more than on the struggle you may or may not experience on the way, that's a much better way. Yeah, and thinking about it for your daughter learning how to ride a bike, 
it wasn't two days worth of planning <laughs> and then another two days thinking of what might go wrong and then doing like flow charts and things like that. Yeah. It was, hey, I want to learn how to ride a bike before the end of the school. And for you to be like not plan or anything, but just, okay, let's, what <laughs> let's do, we, do it. <laughs> what do we need? We need a bike and we need the tires to have air in it. And you have a helmet. So, yep. Chuck, chuck, chuck. Yeah, and... that was pretty much it. We just kind of went out and did it. So, yeah. And I think you can do a lot of that stuff because action's always going to be planning forever in regards to things. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you need to plan things out. And I'd recommend that you take some time to do that, especially for the changes that we've been talking about. But there has to come a point where you just take action on every single piece that you need to. And you have that passion and you just keep moving forward and whatever struggles come up is whatever happens and it's probably not going to be as bad as you think about but if you really don't think about them as much and then you're just going after your goal and then something comes up at that point you're probably going to handle it a lot better because you're already in that forward momentum and forward momentum can help you get through a lot of things yeah i agree uh before we go into wrap up let's talk a little bit about something that you and i are working on or giving up right now in order to change so do you have anything that you are working on right now kind of as we speak yeah giving up fast food okay yeah that's a good one in order to gain not an early death <laughs> <laughs> yes, but also just more as a seeing if I can do it. Gotcha. So like a personal struggle, personal challenge, and also trading fast food for health, basically. Yeah. So whenever I eat like fast food, I try to do it as best as possible. So I try to make adjustments and to whatever I'm eating to make sure that it's the healthiest version, if you can call it that. The least toxic version. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, it's so accessible yeah anywhere yep. that you're at basically to go out and buy fast food and for me i try to just go to the grocery store and that's it and pick up my food and then come back home and i try to steer clear of certain aisles and some grocery stores that i go to have changed their setup where before it used to be snack type foods and things like that very close to the entrance so of course it would be vegetables fruits that kind of stuff but then if you looked in the aisles, it would be chips, chocolates, cookies, and then the healthier stuff or options would be further down the way. So you'd have to walk further while going through and seeing all of these delicious foods that you actually want to buy. Yeah. Yep. And so fast food wise, I just don't want to eat it because it's so convenient. So I basically told myself if I am going to do that, I have to walk to do that. And although it's a five minute drive, it's a lot longer of a walk yeah. to get there. And so far I've been holding true to that. I recently started it, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I'm leaving on the trip for three weeks to the East Coast. So let's just hope I stick to seafood. And I really am hoping that I don't go out for fast food. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Living in the city, that's one of those problems. I used to commute through the city and it was like, if I was able to exercise my willpower and pass off the first McDonald's I passed. It was like, okay, cool. Yeah, you know what? I don't need that right now. But then there would be a second McDonald's. And then, no joke, there was a third McDonald's. And the amount of time that that third McDonald's got me because it was just my willpower was eroded and it was that much later in the day than when I saw the first two. 
and oh i'd already used up all my strength on those first couple ones so yeah it's just it's so accessible and so inexpensive and so ubiquitous that it makes it really tough and i mean it's dollar drink season right now so that always sucks me in i eat too much fast food as well much like getting up early i've, I've given up trying to fight it and uh, one thing i'm working on exchanging for a change right now or giving up for a change uh, I've been working on my running a lot more lately, so that's a big one where I'm giving up my time in exchange for some fitness, uh, for some health benefits, and for some exercise. So I'm doing a lot of longer distance running, 5k to 10k, somewhere in there, and that becomes a bit of a time commitment, and my time is already fairly tight, so that's basically coming out of leisure time or sleep time, kind of one way or another, family time. Uh, I try not to make it family time, but sometimes... So that's something I'm working on right now. It is, there's a bit of an added sort of incentive to get a lot better at it because the quicker of a runner I become, the more running I can get done in a shorter time. So that means I don't have to sacrifice quite as much and then obviously increased health benefits from going faster. It's more of a workout, that sort of thing. Yeah, so that's what I've been working on. Yeah, and in case you're wondering what you're giving up, for fast food, and I'm gonna go back to my example, is enjoying that fast food after you have a stressful day or when you just don't feel like cooking. Yeah. Because you're giving up time now because it's super quick to go and get something to eat at McDonald's or Dairy Queen or Wendy's or whatever. Yep. You need to take the time to cook something in replacement of that, so that's taking more time. And then you're not enjoying that food that instantly gives you that loving feeling i guess yeah the addiction fueled dopamine rush that it jacks into your veins yeah <laughs> it is one of those things though that i shouldn't be too hard on myself i did give up mcdonald's for the entire month of may maybe some of june anyway i went like six weeks with no mcdonald's good for me <laughs> and it was one of those things that the first week is really tough and after that you realize like that's not that great it's something that you expect and your body kind of anticipates, but overall the quality of it is, you know, I mean, it's fast food quality, let's be real. And you can get a lot more food satisfaction out of other types of foods. I really enjoy eating. I really love food. So I'll sometimes mentally think about it as that five, 600 calorie meal I was going to get from McDonald's could maybe be better served in something a little more like gourmet or a little more like rich and delicious that I make myself or get in another sort of way. So I sometimes look at it that way as kind of trading one treat for another. And that sometimes helps. But like I said too, after you have a little bit of time away from it, you realize it's maybe not quite as great as you were thinking it was. And it's not that hard to continue giving up. But I definitely do agree about the time thing. If you don't love cooking, there is like, 30 seconds in a drive through versus 30 minutes to make it can make a difference for sure. Yeah. And previously I stopped eating sweet and then I had a wedding that I went to. And then of course there's cake at a wedding and there was, I think it was cupcakes as well. Had a cupcake. It hurt my teeth. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I feel like fast food is kind of the same way where you have it again and it's not as good as what you thought was before or what it was before because you're already almost past that where, yeah, sweets are great, but they're hurting your teeth. 
they're not so fun at that moment. yeah yeah gives you a really good insight to exactly how awful they are for you yeah i, I agree it's you, you think that after you know like four weeks or six weeks or six years or whatever it is away from fast food like oh that first burger is going to be so good and then you have it and you're like huh well that was a little disappointing yeah then you go home and you make yourself a steak or chicken and some potatoes yeah. or rice and you're like you actually feel better at eating that you're like oh that's what good food is So yeah, just to kind of recap, we talked a little bit about giving up for change today. So things you are willing to give up, whether it be sweets or fast food, your ego, your pride, your time, security in the sense of job security or financial security. And then we talked a little bit about whether or not you have to give something up for change to occur. And basically, yes, there's always going to be some sort of exchange there, but It doesn't necessarily have to be an equal exchange. You don't have to have an equal amount of pain in exchange for an equal amount of benefit. Sometimes it can be an incremental change where you hardly even notice what you're sacrificing in exchange for uh, over the long run quite a bit of gain. Talked about having that mindset of what sounds like a lot of time or a lot of commitment in the grand scheme of things, maybe won't be. Two years out of your life is not a huge portion. It's maybe 2% or 4% of the time you have remaining. And so when you hear two years, it's like, oh, that's so much time. But in the scheme of things, it maybe isn't. And how sometimes it's just important to kind of think about things like a kid or rather like don't think about things like a kid and don't get bogged down on focusing on what can go wrong or what's gonna be hard. Just focus on your goal. Yeah, just take that bike out, take two days. Pump up the tires, get your helmet. Fall a lot, maybe not fall a lot, have somebody help you along, and then you're good to go in two days or two years. Yeah, Whatever it works out to. Not a big deal one way or another. Yeah, so it takes a lot of patience though, I think, and change doesn't happen overnight. And I know we want it to, and I want it to, I want that easy path that I don't need to work a lot, but I still get exactly what I'm wanting. It's not gonna happen and that's perfectly fine. It would be nice though, but definitely just take action on things and small incremental change. And if you want things to happen faster, small incremental change is not gonna make that happen. So bigger change and faster change requires you to possibly give up more and put more action into things. And maybe two years will shrink down to a year or six months, whatever it is. Just realize that that's going to equate over time. So yeah, it's exactly like saving money. If you wanna save up $10,000, it goes a lot quicker if you're putting 500 a month away but you can still get there by putting 50 a month. Just don't eat fast food. Yeah. (laughs) You'll probably save 500 a month that way. (laughs) And with that, we are at the end of the episode for the Connect to You podcast. So thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.